So this morning, uh, we are continuing on with our series, uh, working through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we are in the home stretch here, uh, getting more into chapter 7 now. Uh, if for those of you who have been here, it's been, uh, at least for me, I hope, hopefully the same for you, it's been an amazing walk through the Sermon on the Mount. I don't know if you realize this, but I think we started uh, in April, working through the Sermon on the Mount, piece by piece, bit by bit. And... So today we're starting to gather, we're getting at the last bits here. These are the, the, it's kind of Jesus' conclusion of the two ways, or kind of deciding between two things. And today the first one is between the two gates. And so we're going to get more into that. But over the next few weeks, uh, Jesus is going to be talking about two types of prophets or two types of fruit, and then two types of people who serve with their mouth and those who serve with their lives in, in terms of two houses, two foundations. So uh, a couple more things we're going to be working through in the next few weeks about what it means to choose to follow Jesus. So I've been thinking about this week, um, we've been, I've been looking at Matthew uh, chapter 7, verse uh, 13 and 14. If you have your Bibles, you can open it to Matthew chapter 7. Also, too, it's in your bulletin here, your sermon guide. Just open up there. There's the text. Uh, I've been reading this passage and working through it, and it's only two verses, but there's tons of stuff here for us. And I have been, it's been impressed on me uh, how surprisingly bold and decisive Jesus is as he starts talking about uh, what it means to follow him through the narrow gate and along the narrow way. Now this is uh, going to be a good passage, good, uh, a good text for those of you who are maybe um, in different places uh, here, who are here this morning coming at it from different angles. Some of you uh, chose to follow Jesus through this narrow gate and along this rough path years ago, decades ago, and you continue to follow him. Some of you might be feeling the pull of the wide gate. You look at the world around us and the easy path, and you think, man, in some ways that life looks really easy. In some ways that life might look really good, and it might be really tempting. Some of you might be wondering too, can I just kind of have my life and tag Jesus onto it? Can I go on living the way that I want to and just kind of have bits and pieces that are for Jesus here and there? Maybe go to church once in a while, maybe give a little money to charity. Can I do it that way? Some of you might be here this morning, you have questions about following Jesus, period. You haven't walked through any gate yet and you're wondering, is it worth it? Some of you are here this morning and you are relatively new to faith and you still are wondering, okay, so I've decided, I've, I've walked through this gate, this narrow way, this faith in Jesus, what do I do now? How do I follow him? What does it look like? That's why I love the word of God. This word continues to speak to us today. Even though this text, even though the words that Jesus spoke were almost 2,000 years ago, they still have meaning for us today. And so that's why uh, I am so encouraged they, that how clearly and how boldly Jesus speaks today. All right, so let's dig into this passage, all right? We're going to work through it here. Jesus begins with this phrase, says, enter through the narrow gate. All right, this is pretty plain. This is a command from Jesus. There's not a lot of elaboration here. There's not a lot of uh, complex exegetical work to figure out what Jesus is saying. He's saying, enter through the narrow gate. This is Jesus' desire for every person in this room, for each of us, that we would enter through the gate and follow him. He doesn't mince any words here. It's clear what he wants. He wants us to follow him. And we'll get some, into it some more of what that looks like. 
It's also a guide for understanding this whole passage. I love it because you, in a way you get the goods up front. Some passages you work through lots of uh, discussion, lots of words, and then at the very end you figure out what, what they mean. Today, it's the first thing. Walk through the narrow gate. I was thinking about this too, about... And one of the commentaries I was reading, Professor Dale Bruner, um, used to be a professor at the, at the university I went to school at in Spokane, Whitworth College. And um, he's talking about, and it's interesting to him, he made this observation that in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the gates are thrown, thrown wide open. It's amazing how broadly the Beatitudes are blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who work for peace. All of these things, it's just like the doors are thrown open. Blessed are you. And he said it's surprising and interesting how tough the end of the sermon is. When Jesus is saying, the way is divided in two. There's not all these different ways. Not all roads lead to Rome. Not all paths lead to righteousness. There's a couple ways. I'm sorry, there's only one way, and you have a choice between that or not. So, it's interesting. Some might ask, you know, so which is it? Is it, you know, is God all about grace or is God all about toughness? about following him, about following the hard way. And as you read through the Sermon on the Mount, you see it's a bit of both. That God is gracious, but also he wants us to follow him, and that has real implications for our lives. All right, so let's work into this. So Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. Then he says this, for wide is the gate, and the one that leads to destruction. We'll get to that in a moment. But see, the wide, the word here is uh, platea which is Greek, just means wide, roomy, lots of space. Plenty of room for various interpretations and approaches to life. This wide gate is the one that we see in the culture around us. It's the wide gate. Every option. Every option is open, whatever works for you. If you want a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of Buddhism, a little bit of New Age spirituality, whatever works for you, that is a definition of the wide gate. Variety of ideas. There's really no right or wrong so long as you're not hurting anybody. That's the wide gate. The interesting thing, too, and this is an observation uh, made by Professor Bruner as well, is that the wide gate leaves lots of room for us to carry our baggage in. Our sin, you don't have to set that down. If you want to follow the wide gate, you can keep your sin with you. Whether that's greed, whether that's lust, whether that's envy or pride, fits easily on the wide, through the wide gate. Not only that, you can keep your idols, stuff that you put all your, your devotion into. You can carry that on the wide gate or through the wide gate as well. You can carry all your stuff, all your money, all your possessions. It all fits through the wide gate. It's interesting, I was thinking about it this week. Actually, the wide gate is so wide that you don't really even have to make an effort to go through it. In a sense, we are all kind of born at the wide gate. The wide gate doesn't take effort. It doesn't take decision. Some people might actively choose it, but there's, I think, a lot of people who just kind of like, this is, this is the road I ended up on. This is, I didn't really give it any thought, and this is just where I landed. So he says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road. And it's interesting, the word behind broad here is uh, eurochorus. <laughs> um, basically, it just means like, Broad, but this thing has some connotations of being broad and spacious. I started thinking kind of like luxurious, comfortable, the easy padded road. Again, room for a wide range of ethics 
as long as you're not hurting, everything's fine as long as you're not hurting anybody. Truth is whatever, whatever's true for you, because I'll have my truth, you have your truth, whatever. It's just as long as we're not uh, hurting each other. It's the, the way of least resistance. The way of, you know, just you do your thing, I'll do mine. As long as we're not hurting each other, you know, kind of live and let live. Everyone does what's kind of right in their own eyes. What's interesting, though, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about that term, right in their own eyes. Does anybody recognize where that comes from? Everybody did what was right in their own eyes? It comes from Judges, book in the Old Testament. It talks about, it was before uh, people of Israel had a king. Um, and it talks about a few places, three actually, where it says people did what was right in their own eyes. We live in an era, in a time, where everybody is just kind of doing right what seems right to them, what's right in their own eyes. The trouble is, the people of Israel, when they were doing that, God would send a judge who would come and correct them. The trouble is, this wide road, in some ways, is pretty appealing. One, it's the way of least resistance. You don't have to work to be on the wide road, the comfortable road. Not only that, it's tempting because it's so easy. What I mean by that is you just kind of do whatever you feel like doing. And as long as you're not hurting anybody, that's okay. It takes no effort to follow the wide road. You just do what you want. Now, it's true you can hold yourself to certain standards. There are people who follow the wide road, and maybe they have lots of self-discipline in certain areas. Maybe they're super healthy, or they're super disciplined at work, or they're, I don't know, super intelligent, super educated. There's all sorts of different things you can do. The trouble is, it's still just the wide road. And so whether you are super ambitious or not, you're still just on the wide road. So you have to ask kind of, what's the point? Why be disciplined if you're still on the wide road? Not only that, um, but the wide road can kind of sound good. Some of the things that we're taught to value, some of that language can describe the wide road pretty easily. Like, think about this, like the idea of just follow your heart. That sounds so warm and fuzzy. Just follow your heart. People on the wide road, I'd say maybe that's a, a, a group that has like kind of taken this to heart, so to speak. I'm just following my heart. Whatever my heart says, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever seems right. The only trouble is it doesn't really recognize like kind of how sinful our hearts can be especially before we begin following Jesus. How deceitful our hearts can be. How selfish our hearts can be. I'm just following my heart when really what I'm saying is I'm just doing what I want to do. Trouble with the wide road is it comes with this inherent uh, denial of sinfulness. On the wide road, there's really no right or wrong as long as you're not hurting anybody. Though, those of us who've been following Jesus for a while and who've read a bit of Scripture know that there is this thing called fallen nature. There is this thing called sinfulness that we are born with. Nobody has to teach us to be selfish or prideful. It just comes. This is an indication of the wide road. In Jesus' day, uh, kind of everybody thought that they were on the right road. <clears throat> Jesus was a Jewish man living in Israel, and pretty much everybody around him, even the people he's talking to right now, everybody kind of thought, you know, I'm a child of Abraham, I'm a descendant of Abraham, I'm Jewish, 
I keep most of the laws, I'm pretty much in. I'm going to heaven. I, I'm, everything's fine with me. That's what everybody thought. And so when Jesus stands to in, up and teaches in a group of, around a group of Jewish people, and he says, the way is narrow and the way is hard, people were sort of turned on their heads. What do you mean, Jesus? I thought all we had to do was be Jewish, make sure we're careful what we eat, obey some Sabbath laws, and I thought we were in. So it's pretty confounding, or it's pretty confusing now when Jesus is saying, actually, no, the gate is narrow, much narrower than you think, and the way is harder. I was thinking about it today, like what sort of things that people think today. Many people think today that they're on the quote, highway to heaven because they're a good person. Of course I'm, you know, of course I'm going to heaven, or of course, of course my loved one is going to heaven because they were a good person. Sometimes people think, like, I'm a good person because I, I didn't really break any big laws. You know, I haven't killed anybody. I haven't stolen anything. At least nothing big. You know, I haven't been incarcerated. That means I'm going to heaven. Or maybe sometimes people think, like, oh, you know, I'm in. Everything's fine because I had religious parents. Or because I grew up going to church and I, I, I prayed that prayer, you know, decades ago, so I'm pretty sure I'm fine. Or what about people who think, you know, because, because I've been baptized, I mean, I've talked with people who said that, yeah, my, my family was Catholic or, or um, mainline Christian, and I was baptized when I was a kid, so I'm, I'm kind of got that box checked. I'm good. I don't really need to continue following Jesus or learning about him. Sometimes people think, you know, I'm, I'm in, no problem, because I donate. I give money to charity, so that means I'm a good person. It means I'm going to heaven. thing is, none of these things put you through the narrow gate. None of these things are actually walking the hard way. That leads to this next part. It says, For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. This is the troubling part. Because if the, if the way didn't lead to destruction, if it was just one more way up the mountain, up the, to spiritual enlightenment, so to speak, then it wouldn't be so bad. But it actually leads to destruction. And Jesus is saying this, that there are only two ways. One leads to destruction, and one leads to life in its fullest sense. And we'll get to that in a moment. But this broad, this wide gate, and this spacious, luxurious way leads to destruction. Trouble is the gate, this wide way, is the path of least resistance. This wide road is easy to walk. It's flat and smooth. And it's comfortable, it's luxurious and spacious. But Jesus is decisive here. It's a comfortable walk, yes, but it's a walk to destruction. It's a walk that leads to death. But here's the tricky part, too. This is one of the most or more deceptive parts of it, is that many are entering through it. It's interesting because Jesus here, he says, it's the present tense. So it says many are, or many many enter through it. Actually, in Greek, it says many, they are entering through it. It's kind of like that continuous present. It gives you this sense that people are continually going through it. It's like, kind of gives you this image of this steady flow. This steady flow of people walking through, just crowding through this wide gate. 
I was thinking about uh, looking for like an image that I could put up here, and I was looking for, I was thinking like, you know, giant gates like going into a festival or a concert, and it's just like wall-to-wall people just hurting through the gate. Not only that, but people continually are entering, and they continue to walk that way. Some continually choosing to walk that way. It's just easier. And some passively choosing. And what I mean by that is because they don't really stand for anything. That's just the road that they end up on. Some are unwilling to change, and some have actively chosen it. Trouble is, it's hard because it takes courage to follow the narrow way of Jesus because there's few choosing it. Going with a group has a powerful pull. When you're the only Christian in a group of people, it gets gets hard. I think about this, my son, um, Corbin, uh, he's the only Christian in his class last year. And it was hard for him. We had a few conversations about what it was like. You know, I don't think, I think his classmates respected him um, because he was kind, because he was honorable, had integrity. But in some ways, he also felt like he was on the outside. Because they called him preacher boy. Yeah. Just because he was good. Corbin's not much of a preacher. <laughs> he used to mess around. But I remember one, he was telling me at one point, he said, Dad, you know, I, I, I kind of listen to some of this music so that my friends, so I can kind of like fit in. So my friends uh, don't think I'm too weird. It's hard to follow Jesus on the narrow way. It seems like everybody else is following the wide way. Even worse, uh, when the wide way uh, is talked about as the loving way, the, the way that includes everybody, the wide road is inclusive, which is kind of a buzzword these days about being inclusive. Everybody wants to be inclusive. The wide way is very inclusive. Your way, as long as you're not hurting anybody, have at it. Just as good as any other. Not only that, but like I said, it's tempting because it looks easy, it looks luxurious. Sometimes it might even look like people are smart on the wide way. I mean, think about friends who, they're not devoting 10% of their income to the church or to helping Christian ministries. 10%. They get to spend on whatever they want. Or maybe they get to work really hard and cut corners, and it looks like they're really successful. It can be tempting. As their fortunes grow and grow and grow, it can be tempting. It can be deceptive because it's so, it looks so comfortable. I mean, I think about my friends who, you know, they just kind of do whatever makes sense or whatever feels good. It can be tempting. It's also hard because so many people are choosing it. So this is kind of characterized the wide gate and the wide way, the wide, spacious road. Then Jesus says this. He says, but small is the gate. Small is the gate that leads to life. And it's interesting here because the gate The gate is Jesus. He is the way through. He is the way to this new life. 
Thinking about Jesus, he says, None to come to the Father except through me. John 14.6 There is a specific entrant point. There's a way that you enter into the kingdom of God, and it's through Jesus. Which has lots of room for anybody who believes in him, regardless of where you come from or what you look like. But it is a specific gate. It is specifically in him. And that's the part that's troubling for people around us. It's a limited way. It's an exclusive way. It's not you can follow Jesus and be a good person. Or you can believe a little bit in Jesus, a little bit of Buddha, a little bit of Hinduism. It's Jesus. He is the only way. Which I feel pretty confident saying that among you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. But saying something like that, that's the sort of thing that gets us in trouble. when we say it in mixed company of people who aren't followers of Jesus or who don't think Christianity is the way. That exclusivity of Jesus is going to be increasingly troubling and get us in more trouble. But it's through faith in him. It's through faith in Jesus. It's that moment you devote your life to him. That moment you begin following him. Essentially, you walk through the gate when you say, Jesus, I realize who you are, the Son of God, who came, who died on a cross, that my sin might be forgiven, that I might be restored to my Father in heaven, and you rose again. I realize who you are, and I follow you. That's that entrance through that narrow gate. It's him. And it's only him. Like we talk, it's not Jesus plus a few other things. It's not Jesus you know, a little bit of Jesus and my old way of living. It's just Jesus. He's not just one more path up the spiritual mountain. He's not more just one more good philosophy for life. He is the only way to God the Father. It's through him. Man, those are stark words in our time. Those are the sort of words that get us in trouble. So, small is the gate. It's narrow. It's through Jesus. And narrow is the road. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a broad word here um, that uh, the word for narrow, uh, it's uh, tethlimen or tethlimene, which um, actually the root has a similar connection to the word flipsis, which is the word that we draw out tribulation. The word here that, that Jesus is using is not just narrow, it's more like crushing. The same word that kind of gives the idea or the, impre- or the uh, indication of, of persecution. So I keep saying, in the NIV it says the narrow way, I keep saying the hard way, the rough way, the way that isn't easy. If the gate is the moment you believe, this rough, pressing, narrow road is discipleship, is continuing to follow Jesus. It's a life following him. This image of a road involves walking and living. So it's not a static thing, and it's not a past thing. It's not I walked through the gate and then I moved on with my life. It's I walked through the gate and I continue following him on this rough, narrow road crushing road.
It's interesting, too, because this road is not just right belief, though that's important. It's not just I know the right things or I have the right theology in my head, though that's important because what we believe shapes the way we live. It's both. It's having good theology about understanding God rightly and then living in light of that. That's what it means to walk this road. Because there are people, some of you might even know some, people who maybe grew up in the church. They know the theology, but they aren't living it. That's not on the narrow road. That's not the rough road. That's still on the wide road. Following Jesus is about faith in him and about following him faithfully. Let me say that again. Following Jesus is about faith in him, believing who he is, understanding who he is, and following him. About faithfulness to him, both together. Faith and faithfulness. That's what it means to enter through this narrow gate and walk this narrow but difficult road. All right. So he says, but small is the gate, narrow is the road, and it leads to life. Now, in Greek, there's two basic words for life. There's bios, which is kind of like just life, like plants and leaves and, you know, from the word we get biology. Bios is just existence. And then there is zoe, which is more about life and quality of life, fullness of life, real life, life with meaning, life with hope, life that is good. Not always easy, but good. Even though the way is narrow through Jesus, even though the way is hard, comes with persecution, with people who will shun us because we follow Jesus, who won't like what we stand for, despite its difficulties, it leads to zoe, to life more full, not life more easy. We're talking about a narrow gate and a hard way here. It's not the easy way. It's not easy life, but it is good. It is good. Not only that, not only is this life good, it's also the life that goes on forever. And sometimes we think about that. We've been kind of conditioned to think that, that following Jesus means that, you know, you just kind of try to keep your nose clean until you die, and then the good stuff starts. Well, I think once we die, goodness does come, heaven, in the presence of Jesus. But I also believe that that good life starts now. The moment we begin believing in Jesus, we begin living that good life now. So it's not like we have like two lives. So we have one in Jesus. And there's continuity between now and forever with him. Do you see what I mean? It's not just that we follow Jesus and then we kind of just wait till we die. Jesus has given us a new life now. A new way to live now. That comes with blessing comes with difficulty too, but blessing in the midst of it. So we have this small gate, this narrow road, and it leads to life. Here's the tricky part. Only a few find it. Here's an indication. If there's only a few on the way, then at least that's a good signal that we're in the right spot. If we are on the way and it seems like, wow, everybody's here, then that is a red flag for us that maybe we're not in the right place. 
and says that there's a few finding it, which gives us this indication that finding it requires some searching, right? You don't just end up on the narrow way, the hard way with Jesus. You have to find it. You have to look for it. It takes some effort. The wide way, the wide gate with the wide, spacious road requires no searching. All you have to do is just do nothing and you end up on there. Believe in nothing and you end up there. But the narrow gate, the rough way, you have to find it and you have to choose it. And here's the thing, you have to keep choosing it. Day in, day out, keep choosing to follow Jesus. Keep choosing to follow him. It's also kind of encouraging, I was thinking about it this week, that it's encouraging, it helps me realize that we aren't somehow doing something wrong here because most of our community still seems to be on the wide road, the wide easy way. But there are still some today, Clay, you and Marshall, are those some who are finding this, this way, this narrow way, this good way of Jesus. So it's encouraging to me. Sometimes I get discouraged when I think, man, we pour our heart and soul into this community, doing everything we can think of to be a blessing to people, to encourage them in faith, and to have precious little to show for it. But I think as I'm reading this, it helps me set or sets things in right perspective again. Everybody's following the wide, easy way. Few are finding the narrow gate and the narrow way of Jesus. So I'm thinking about what this means for us, about this narrow little path up the hard way. Thinking about the difference between the two. Jesus' way is narrow. The world's way is wide. The world's way is spacious. Jesus' way is crushing hard. The world's way is many. Jesus' way has just a few on it. The world's way, everything all sounds great except, except for the point where it says it leads to destruction. And everything about Jesus' way sounds tough except for the part where it says it leads to Zoe, to life more full. Jesus in this passage gives us two ways. That's it. He doesn't give us a bunch of options to choose from. You know, pick a little of this, a little bit of that. None of that because it's too hard. None of that because it's too, and it doesn't go well with my friends. He gives us just two ways. He gives us two ways and one decision. His way or the easy way. Now, this might be like maybe one of the worst evangelical sermons you've ever heard, right? Usually they talk about how wonderful it is to follow Jesus, how good it is, like trying to sell it. <laughs> Trust me, I've done, totally done that. This is one of those sermons where it says, you know what, Jesus is the hard way. It is the good way. It is the way that leads to life more full, but it is not easy. I was thinking about how this passage reorients us, helps us see the world rightly because it can be confusing. To not be surprised... Then when the, we see the majority going one way, that should be a red flag for us. That we at least need to question the way that everybody's going. The way that everybody's thinking. We at least need to question it. Not only that, but I was thinking about this week, and we've heard, and I've heard some of us talk about this, about the decline of Christianity in our society. 
You know, a generation ago, kind of most people, if, if they weren't already going to church and following Jesus, most people at least kind of still adhered to the Christian way of life. Christian ideas, Christian principles, even if they weren't, you know, I'm not really a religious person, but they, like, it's still kind of like Christianity is still kind of the way I live things. Today everything's changed. It's not the way anymore. I was thinking about this, and I remember in seminary, one of my professors talked about his uncle was a pastor, and he was a pastor too, but he said when he was young, he went with his uncle to buy a car. And his uncle, just the town pastor, and they rolled out the red carpet for him. And I can't remember if he said they gave him a car or it was like half the price it normally was. He was just talking about how, how venerated, how respected pastors were how respected Christians were. And I think about it, how it is my experience today. And when I'm talking with people, when I meet people for the first time, I don't lead with, hi, I'm Jason, I'm the pastor of the Balfour Covenant Church. I don't lead with that. I'm proud of it. And if anybody asks me, I tell them, but I usually wait a little bit so they can get to know me. Because when you say I'm a pastor, you can see it immediately, all the assumptions about, what I am and what I'm like and how judgmental I am all come in. Tracy used to tell stories about what it was like when we first moved here, how people would be chatting with her, talking with her, and then she'd say, yeah, like, you know, oh, what brings you here? And she'd say, oh, I'm the, I'm, my husband is the pastor at the church. And she said she could see people physically recoil. <laughs> people would, like, she could see them, like, retract, like, pull back, like, oh, you seem so normal, Right? <laughs> <clears throat> the thing is, we are tempted to complain about the decline of Christianity in our culture. And it is lamentable. It is worth being brokenhearted over. But I have to warn us, when we bemoan the fact, when we complain to people around us who aren't Christian anymore, it doesn't go well for the kingdom of God. If we complain about all the privilege we used to have as Christians and how, how we don't have that privilege anymore and it's just not right, it sounds like whining to people around us. So I want to caution us on that, to not complain about how things used to be. But for us to keep following Jesus, for us to bless those who curse us, which... It's getting a lot of people to bless. <laughs> to bless those who hate us because we follow Jesus and we say he's the only way. To bless those who hate us because we say this book is not just a bunch of you know, nice thoughts, take what you want. We actually believe this is the way we should live our lives. And it has all sorts of implications. That we keep following him and we bless those who curse us. All this this morning comes back to these words when Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. This is what he wants for us. To enter through this narrow gate. To choose him. He's that narrow gate. And to keep walking with him even when it's hard and it will be hard. If it's not hard for you right now, trust me, it's, it will be to keep following him. 
And some of you might be wondering, okay, so Jason, what does this walking this narrow way, what does it look like? How do I do it? Gathering here on Sunday morning is a great start. But this isn't all there is to it. Church attendance does not uh, mean that you're walking the hard way. It's a great place to begin praising God, gathering here with our brothers and sisters. We also need to keep growing, gathering together in small groups to grow in our understanding of the Word of God, encourage one another. Spending time in our own devotion on a daily basis or nearly daily basis. These are all things that help us grow as disciples. Serving in our church or our community. These are the things of the narrow way. Growing as disciples. Commitment to Jesus and following him. And just think for a moment what this begins to look like in us. I mean, in so many ways, I'm grateful for you, this church, and the ways that we, you, follow Jesus faithfully. I see it all of the time. And so in some ways, I kind of feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but I also want to encourage you that we keep faithfully following him, keep choosing the hard way, even when we have friends around us who may pressure us to take the easy way out, to keep following Jesus when it's hard. Some might be impressed. Most won't. But some might be impressed by how faithful we are to Jesus. The ways that we bless those who curse us. The ways that we help people that nobody else would even give the time of day. Many won't be impressed, but those who are, they just might be the ones who find new life in Jesus. They might be the ones who show up here because of our faithfulness. They see the way we live and follow Jesus and they think, I think I want to know more about that. This morning I hear Jesus calling us to his way. It's narrow and it's hard, but it leads to life. Where else would we go?